Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. so excited for today's episode. With me today, I have both one of the cast members and the resident artist of Transplayer RPG. If you would like to introduce yourself. Hi, uh, my name is C. I use they, them pronouns. Uh, in my real life, I suppose I am a dancer, digital artist, and a tabletop streamer. And I am so, so psyched to be here today. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, of course, we'll talk about Transplaner because it is one of my favorite shows. Um, and of course, you're a part of it. But I do want to, uh, where I always start is just, you know, how did you get into nerd stuff in general? What a good question. Uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. I feel like I really came in uh, an unwilling subject, yeah. I suppose. Um <laughs> I met Connie my first year. Connie is the GM and producer of Transplaner and had an episode on your show already. Um, And I met Connie in college my first year, and we've been friends for a really, really long time. Uh, I guess for context, I graduated college like two years ago, so almost like six years that we've known each other. And Connie has always really been into, you know, like D&D, like kind of like the nerd stuff. And I was like, Oh, I'm a little too cool for that, actually. <laughs> I like uh, I was in this really like, oh, like I'm a dancer. I'm like very embodied. I don't want to do like I was like, yeah, like I watch cartoons, but I don't tell anyone about it ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Connie convinced me to join a D&D game yeah. um, that they were GMing. And I was like, oops, I'm in love, actually with this uh this way of being in the world and i think a lot of the ways due to my interest in storytelling um and this uh, i love fantasy also i love to play pretend and i love to play imaginary games um and i was like wow okay actually there's like a lot of freedom here to play games um and to like truly just explore something yeah um and that felt really special and i was like okay 
okay fine okay <laughs> fine i'll play the game with you and then i was like secretly like now i'm a little bit I, I sometimes think that i'm like a little bit more obsessed where i'm like only thinking about my tabletop characters like yeah. all the time fucking nerd <laughs> <laughs> yep i have embraced being a yeah. fucking nerd wow. that's so awesome though um <laughs> You know, that's funny, though, uh, because it is like it's one of those things I've talked about a lot. But I mean, people, once they play this game, I think for most mm. people, you really it's like, how do you not get addicted to it? You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Unless you just had a terrible experience, um, you know, so or you're just like super against it to where you're not even trying to embrace it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so you talked about like enjoying storytelling and fantasy. You know, did that was that something that was a part of your life as a kid, too? It definitely was. Um I did a lot of like, um, well, rather, I suppose that I grew up in this, uh, in a really rural space. Um, and I didn't have, um, a lot growing up of anything. Basically we didn't have cable TV at my house. Like I didn't really have access to a lot of meaningful friendships, uh, or a lot of like meaningful, uh, engagement or like literally just even like tangible things. And so I would spend a lot of time reading books and then making my own interpretations of those books. Yeah. Insofar as I would like, like, and I think this maybe gets into the art that when I was a kid, I would like draw a little, like on printer paper, I would draw characters and then I would play pretend with them. And that's really how like I would engage myself for a lot of my childhood. So I think that there's something really special in tabletop to kind of coming back to that, like almost long and storied history of playing pretend. Yeah. What, uh, what kind of books did you like to read when you were a kid? Uh, so not to be a total nerd, but I read a lot of the warrior cat books. Okay. Up. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not familiar <laughs> with the warrior cats, so you have to, you have to educate <laughs> me on that. Okay. So, um, it was this like, I guess, fantasy series. There were, I would say like there were dozens and dozens and dozens of books. Okay. Uh, wow. and it followed the, these cats, these feral cats that lived in cat clans in the woods. <laughs> and they like, there were four of them and then they traveled to a different place. It was this like long saga and there was like cat religion and cat medicine and cat war. And it was kind of intense. Yeah. Like they, they, there were, there would be chapters describing like kind of visceral, like bloody cat fantasy fights yeah. with like cat murderers like that were part of the plot like that were other cats to be clear yeah. um and i was super into that and i think because i like spent a lot of time outside as a kid that i was like and i love cats i have always loved cats so that was kind of a i was like yep okay like the this hits pretty much every single one of my interests in being like a kind of edgy preteen yeah. And also like loving cats uh, and reading a lot because the books would just co keep coming and coming and coming. And were they like actual cats or were they like anthropomorphic cats? They were like cat cats, like fully oh, just cats, not even like bizarre. a little human. Yeah. Like, yeah. like they were like all four legs, like cats, yeah. you know, and some like <laughs> it huh. followed it followed. I guess the original books followed this uh, quote kitty pet. Uh, right. which is a house cat, right? That that runs away from home and joins these wild cats, right? And eventually yeah. like ascends to cat godhood. <laughs> <laughs> it was honestly uh, brilliant stuff. I regret yeah, nothing about it. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, that's super cool though. I mean, it, it, at least you had something that you're interested in and enjoy, mm. you know what I mean? Um, and I imagine 
you know, around that time, was that something that you like kept from your friends too? Or was it like, did they enjoy those books with you or? I had a, like, I think the other like kind of weirdos, you know, um, that were like, I was in like sort of friends with like also kind of would read them. But I think that I really had like my own dedicated, like, commitment to the series. <laughs> maybe yeah. is the right word like a commitment to the series would be like oh i was like have you read the new books i was like no i kind of stopped a while ago and i was like well do you know what happened with shadow clan because <laughs> oh my god um i think it was definitely a me thing which kind of led to the like me i would like make my own cats right and like yeah. draw them and play with them and that was my whole thing <laughs> that's awesome yeah, I mean that's so cool though. It's just it's funny to like how people get into those things and and the mm-hmm. things that we do end up sharing too. Um, you know, what other was that the only like series that really got you into it, or was there some other ones as well? I'm trying to think. I have you know when you somebody asks you, yeah. you know when someone asks you a question and you're like, I actually have never read any books in my life. <laughs> never um, read once. <laughs> <laughs> never read anything once. Yeah. I definitely like poured through. Uh, you know, lots of YA novels, just yeah. all the different, like Hunger Games, Twilight when it first came out, like all of those. I think um, I also really liked Naruto. I read the manga. It was in my school library. Oh, nice. So yeah. I was like, I was like a Naruto nerd for a while too, you know. That's insane that they would have that in a school library. Because the show is already kind of provocative at, at certain points. Yeah. Like, like the manga is usually worse in many cases yeah (laughs) i was like my like my middle school library yeah i would check the books out and i would ask the librarian to get the new series when i was done and they would for me i don't think they knew what it was about i don't think they knew they didn't open the book i don't think they knew (laughs) (laughs) and like full metal alchemist too you know like yeah that's mm -hmm. wild yeah so did you watch anime as well like once you learned about it from that or i tried um But I had to mostly get a lot of media through books just because I lived in a place that was so remote that we literally couldn't get cable even if we wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> and we like inter- very shoddy internet until, you know, through my senior year of high school kind of thing where it was just like, well, that's not, that's really not <laughs> happening. So I would like, like my grandma's house had TV, so I'd like try to watch Naruto. But yeah. then I like never knew when it was on. But so right. yeah. in my and adulthood, I think... As a, like, yeah. in the middle of the series, so you have no idea and what's like, going on. I was like, I don't think I've seen this in the manga yet. I really don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> Do you enjoy it now as an adult? Or? I actually re- recently retried to watch it because I like to draw. I like to have TV on while I'm drawing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, huh, okay, this was definitely better when I was like 14. You yeah. know, in terms yeah. of just like an uh, a mature thoughtful storyline i think but it holds a place of nostalgia in my heart still you know yeah yeah i was talking to somebody about um the wheel of time because that that is becoming Mm. a tv show um and i love the books yeah and the books got touted as like the author robert jordan was always like everybody's like oh he writes women really well um Mm. when you're a teenager you don't fucking know like especially for me like a cishet male i was like okay yeah cool it seems like Mm -hmm. you know they're not like in the kitchen doing dishes so like obviously right. he's got some range to his women <laughs> and um uh and then as an adult like looking back on it i'm like i mean they're all kind of like the way he writes them a lot of them are just kind of bitchy like 
Yeah. Like they're in like positions of power and stuff, but they're still like really naggy and just kind of shitty people sometimes. I was like, I don't actually think this is as good as I, as many people thought it was. And so I had a conversation with another person who also enjoys it and has read the books and uh, a woman. And she was like, yeah, it's kind of hit and miss. Like the book still has a special place in my heart, but um, I don't think it's as great. And then I was like, well, it's at least not as bad as Naruto, the way Naruto writes. Yeah. Because that's pretty bad. <laughs> yep. I think that was the point where I was rewatching and I was like, wow, we're just, we're just being like sexist and hypersexualizing women at the same time. Yeah. Incredible, even, actually. Yeah. And hypersexualizing kids, too. Like they're like 12, yeah. 15, like in a lot of those situations. So yeah. It's such a weird, I mean, anime is kind of strange sometimes in that way of, mm. of doing that. Um, and, yeah. You know, whether it's because it was written in 2000 or if it's cultural differences, I don't know, but it's just, mm-hmm. uh, it really stands out when you're watching it, especially as like a mature adult, like you said, where it's like, mm, mm. This, isn't, uh, yeah. this isn't really good. I actually had something very interesting with Adventure Time, like the cartoon also, yeah. where I went back and rewatched it and I was like, wow, this is actually like in certain points, like oddly troubling, like yeah. the way like that the storyline and it was like the you know first season and i hear that the writing gets much much better i haven't actually watched the whole thing um but i was like wow okay there actually is some like troubling uh, like i was like oh that's oddly uncomfortable in a way that like when i watched this as a kid i was or like as a young adult i suppose younger adult teen i don't even know anymore (laughs) um (laughs) uh where i was like i was just not reading that and i think Yeah, it definitely yeah. happens. And I, I mean, I, it, I it's good to get your perspective on this, because for me personally, I've never watched Adventures Zone or Adventureland. It was how it is um, specifically because I don't like the art style. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and I so I'm not even remotely as talented as you are, but I do draw. I have drawn my <laughs> whole life. And and I um, so, yeah, so art style definitely mm. plays a part. It's like what I'm willing to watch sometimes mm. too, you know i totally hear you yeah uh i feel a lot about i feel that way about a lot of kind of the more recent cartoons that have come mm. out insofar as like the quote like adult cartoons even like bojack horseman that i'm like i really yeah. am just not into that no yeah. like really not i would much rather watch like a beautiful anime any day yeah yeah for sure i mean there's yeah there's definitely a lot of good shows out there um mm. um one that people tell me to watch all the time is that Owl House, and I still haven't seen it yet. And unfortunately, I heard that they're no longer making the show. I feel rather devastated about it. It's Disney and all that, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I really liked the Owl House, actually. Yeah. I was kind of, again, Connie was like, we should watch it. And I was like, no. And then Connie was right. Of course. Of I did course. actually really <laughs> like it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, and I, uh, I talked about this before, but a lot of times it's like I get tired of just watching lullaby shows, you know, for my kids. And mm. so sometimes I just like, well, this is at least a cartoon, but it's got mm-hmm. like a more developed story and stuff. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I really loved that uh, Kippo and the uh, or Kippo. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the full name of it. And, but yeah. that show is so good. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I think looking at it now, like for sure, having a single mom who – I have um, three siblings. Like that's mm. a lot to like even try to keep up with what we're doing. Um, yep. 
you know, so to pay attention to like the TV shows and stuff that are influencing us um, is super hard. Um, and I'm fortunate, you know, that my wife and I, we are able to have a lot of time with our kids. And so mm-hmm. I want to make sure like they are not watching SpongeBob, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's my big thing. like just please don't watch that show. Cause that show's fucking <laughs> awful. <laughs> and I know like, this is it, an anti SpongeBob household. Yeah, for sure. I just mm-hmm. think it's trash. Absolutely. Yeah. Trash. But yeah, so, um, you know, when did drawing and, and stuff like that come into play for you? It's a kind of similar arc, I think, yeah. of like, I did it a lot as a kid, um, and then I kind of fell out of it. I think, I guess just like the name of your podcast, Secret Nerd Podcast, really resonates with me. Yeah. Insofar as like, there was a lot of things I really just put away because I felt like I couldn't have access to it. Because, you know, like, as soon as I was 16, I was like working full time, like, mm-hmm you know, in high school. And I was in this mentality of like, okay, like, I need to do everything I can to get into college. Otherwise, I'm not going to go. And I can't be here. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. And I need to go. So I like became really like almost single mindedly focused on that and put a lot of the things that brought me legitimate joy, like to the side. Yeah. um, Because they weren't, I guess, like, able to serve me in that way. Mm-hmm. And in that way, I almost am grateful insofar as now as an adult with a lot of like personal freedoms, I feel like I am able to bring myself back into a healthy relationship with those things. Yeah. Um, insofar as I didn't like burn myself out try- trying to do them in mm-hmm. capitalism, I guess. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. be the Saudi so, artist and all that. Yeah. And to be like really like kind of, that intensity, I suppose, of like trying to make something what it isn't. And for me, getting back into drawing was a lot about like just kind of giving into like joy, right? Just like doing something joyful for myself. Um, And again, started with like D&D, right? Like where I was like, oh, like now I want to draw my character, right? Like I've made this character and I can see them in my mind, you know, like I'm always thinking in images. So I want to like, I want to draw them, you know, like I want to put them on a page and then it's like, okay, I have this like, you know, pre pandemic museum, uh, watch, watch job, you know, where I stand in the gallery and for hours and hours and I have my little notebook and I'm like drawing like scenes from our D and D game this week. Right. And then like a, one of my friends who was in the game with me was like, I have this iPad and Apple pencil. I don't want them anymore. I want you to have them because I want you to draw more D and D art for our party. And I was like, you got it, boss. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is so cool. It was really cool. And I am, I'm still like immensely grateful for that. You know, like the, like the support of others being interested in the thing that I'm doing, like gives me, not only like the ch- the tangible materials, but also like the, I guess like courage too, to share that. Yeah. I do often feel very shy and like I've missed out on something because I haven't been doing it for my whole life, I guess. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, I think that happens a lot, especially with artists, you know, and especially mm-hmm. in places where we're forced to kind of deal with survival as opposed mm-hmm. to joy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, the, the world does that to us a lot of the time. And 
you know, how we, how we decide to deal with it is kind of to each person, right? Each person has their own way. Um, but many of us, because, you know, we look at it and go like, well, you know, I have to eat and I have to have a good job, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's what the world tells me I have to do. So I have to figure this out. And, um, yeah, you put that stuff aside. I mean, the same thing, like I've wanted to write my entire life and I still Mm -hmm. have never written a book, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, I'll probably be like all the other authors that start doing it at 50 and (laughs) figured out, but it's just like, you know why though? Like Mm -hmm. we could have, we could have done something. Somebody could have nurtured this and then made it easier for Mm. us or whatever. And, you know, or we could have nurtured it ourselves, I suppose, but that's a lot of emotional maturity to kind of take on. <laughs> it is. And in that vein, I can say I'm very excited for your first book to come out. Thank you. Yeah. That's what no, I have I to say about that. it. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, but it, you know, it is I'm glad that your friend nurtured that and that and you know that D D inspired that. Um, because especially as an artist, like inspiration is always kind of a tough thing too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you grew up in a rural town, like you said, was that because I made the assumption on a prior episode that like places in the South and I don't know where you're from, but places in the South are like all bad racism. One of my guests was like, oh, I lived in this one place in Arkansas. That was really <laughs> um, and so I'm curious, like for you, was that a situation where you felt like uh, the people around you were progressive or were willing to let you be yourself and that kind of stuff to the extent that you're willing to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it informs who I am and I'm like really interested in sharing that. Um, yeah. I grew up in a small County in upstate New York. Okay. Um, so kind of just, just the upper edges of the, uh, Appalachia, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and this very, uh, I think interesting crossroads, right. Of, um, of a lot of intolerance. Um, but my parents were also like old school hippies and I like didn't grow up around like people who like my family quote unquote, were not actually people who were related to me by blood, you know? Um, and there were a lot of like different people of different, nationalities and uh ethnicities who like lived in the place that i lived in um but the but everyone was you know we're all poor like we're all like really really uh economically depressed yeah um and that kind of was this you know really tense i think um complication i suppose of like my understanding of who i was also like as a trans teenager uh and a queer teenager right because my dad's sister was a lesbian and she had been married like like uh, illegally i suppose married before marriage equality was legalized across the entire united states um and that has always been something that like my family like she has come you know has always been really like tolerant of, I suppose. And like, that was never really a problem or ever a like issue. And then I would like, you know, leave my house and have like cans thrown at me. You know what I mean? Just like in the street. So there's this like odd complication of like, yeah, like let's hang out like, at you know, Woodstock with all the hippies. And also like, I got into a fist fight in high school because someone was being just like a, a, a fucking bigot. Right. 
Yeah. You know, and I was like, let's <laughs> let's let's fight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, there was this. I think that was like a really tense thing for me growing up, and put me in this very um, uh, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is anymore. Actually, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, it sounds obviously like it. It would be a tough spot to be in. Um, mm -hmm. it, you know, and I I can relate to that in, in mm. the sense of like you know dealing with uh, bigots and and having to fight you know just because mm -hmm. of who you are. Um, you know, was that something that like did you come out as a teen, or is it just something that people assumed about you and then treated you that way? I think like a lot of people knew before I did, you know what yeah. I mean? Where I was like, oh no, like I, I'm just not like other girls actually. And it's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe more than I think yeah. <laughs> actually. Um, and you know, like there were kids like calling me, you know, like slurs yeah. in elementary school kind of thing. And I was like, I don't really even know what you're talking about. And I was like, okay, well maybe you were right, but Hey, um, and I did like, I came to a, an understanding about who I was and that I wasn't, you know, I, I like understood that I wasn't a girl from a very young age. Right. Yeah. Um, and I like found the language when I was mid high school and coming out was kind of an odd thing insofar as I'm still technically not out as trans to my family, okay. but they kind of have just picked up. Right. Like my mom uses my chosen name. Like all of my family uses my chosen name. Yeah. Uh, and I never had to have a talk with them about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think also my understanding of my own gender is complex enough to hold the idea that, you know, my mom will know me in the way that she knows me and that's fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are some parts of myself that are secret and not everyone needs to know about them. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's, and that's really beautiful, um, you know, that your family is that way and kind of just goes with it. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. think they're, they're in any situation, it's always something like there's probably something to be said about having a conversation, like a legitimate, like, mm -hmm. you know, let's talk about this. But there's also <laughs> something really great about just having an understanding with somebody that you love and then mm -hmm. just being like, I still love you and yeah. nothing, nothing is going to change. Um, and that yeah. Way. So, um, you know, I'm sorry that all of that big, big <laughs> stuff happened to you, yeah. unfortunately, you know, um, but thank you for sharing that. You know, I think it's, yeah. I think it's important for, um, for people to hear, you know, because I think it, mm -hmm. much like my experiences um, in my life, you know, are something that somebody else has probably gone through. I think, you know, mm -hmm. you, there are people that will have similar stories to yours um, mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe a story that they haven't really concluded yet. I'm sure, you know, with the, the stream, you guys have probably had many people come to you and, you know, talk about some of the things that you guys have inspired. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason that it feels so special, you know, yeah. When we were first putting Transplanter together, you know, my goal, I guess, like my only goal that I really had for Transplanter was that it made somebody else 
it gave somebody else what I wanted as a as a teen or as a child in yeah. media because there is I can't think of a single piece of media right now that portrays like complex three-dimensional like trans characters especially trans characters like of color right, right? like in a deeply moving way told by those people right wow. Like that was never something that I like none of the warrior cats were like struggling with gender identity. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So something that's important, you know, that was important to me and just being like, yeah, this is, this is what's up. And if, if our stream even is able to support or make somebody one single person feel seen, then I feel like I have done my job as a creator and a performer. Uh, And the response that we've gotten from people, you know, has just been really beautiful and it is moving every time. And I would be lying if I said I didn't cry about it on a fairly regular basis. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's super, it's super cool. Um, You know, and I, I think when I first learned about the show, um, that was what immediately struck me was like, this is such an important thing, you know? Mm. Um, And really like the, in, in a similar way, like my goal with this show has always been to, you know, inspire people to understand like, or to promote like, Hey, yeah, it's mm-hmm. more than just, you know, five white dudes at a table. Like, um, oh, it's more than yeah. just, you know, five straight people at a table, you know, it's more than just any of that. Like there are plenty of people out here who enjoy this or will enjoy this. Um, as long as w- everyone else in the community is welcoming and, and, and willing to invite them in and show them like, you know, this is, this can be, a safe productive place for us to mm-hmm. all enjoy this these games and so um you know it's super cool and I, and I definitely would say like you know because i i am in uh in your discord for transplaner and i don't really talk <laughs> yeah. much because i don't ever know what to say in discord anyway <laughs> like i'm so introverted i'm so bad at, but anyway but my point being like every once in a while i'll go and peek and just see like is there something i could add to this conversation usually no but that being said there are there's always like love in there um, mm. for the cast, for the show, for each other, the people in that community that you guys have created. Um, and I think that that's super, super special. So yeah, I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. And I'm really glad to have you in our community. You yeah. know, I love your podcast and I think that what you're doing again is really special and really important. Um, yeah. And I feel, you know, very lucky that Ani has been my gm basically for my entire tabletop like lifetime and i you know i have never had i've never been to a con you know like pandemic hit before i could get to a con anything like that and i have never had an experience of like hurt at a table which is i understand to be like a vast minority of people who can say that right like i've never gamed at a table with like a cis well, that's not true, actually. But I've like never gamed at a table with only cis white dudes, right? Yeah, like I've yeah. never done that. Um, and that feels really special. And I think it's a lot more possible than people think it is. Like, I don't, I'm like, have you seen the talent in this community? <laughs> have you seen the incredible people making incredible things? Yeah. There are so many incredible creators and a show like this that just like highlight, I feel honored to be here and to like stand in community with like so many amazing people. Yeah. It's, it's super cool. And I mean, I, I've said it a bunch of times and I was screaming from the rooftops, like the way that Connie 
G, D, GMs is just incredible. Like mm-hmm. it's so good. Um, and to like, to, to balance all of those things of, you know, the story and all of these like details that they've written mm-hmm. and, you know, um, these complicated relationships with characters, mm-hmm. um, and have like the comedy, but also the drama, mm-hmm. and these intense moments. Um, and I, I, you know, I just finished, uh, arc one and it's just, <laughs> I know I still have a lot of catching up to do, um, <laughs> but I'm so bad about streams too. Like I just, I get I, it. I have a busy personal life. So yeah. it's like anytime I can, stay on a stream the whole time is a miracle. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but uh, you know, I just, I absolutely love um, what all of you are doing. And, and I mean, the, you know, the cast too, it's, it's really incredible to, to see and um, just to enjoy it. You know, how long did you, so you met Connie six years ago. When did you two start playing together? We started playing together. My, we started a campaign my junior year of, um college which was about four years ago now okay um so we played like a year and a half long campaign with my best college friends you know that connie yeah. gm'd mm-hmm. then we you know graduated college together moved uh to minnesota where we are now and uh like struck up another home game pretty much as soon as we got here yeah. uh and connie had been thinking about transplanter basically since we got here uh, t- almost three years ago now yeah. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Something like two or three years ago. And it's been a little over a year now, right, for the show? Yep. Yep. We had our one year in June. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's super cool to see. Like, do you have any formal, like, were you in drama or, or do any acting and stuff? This is such a fun question. (laughs) Not in, so this is a funny question because I have come into all of the performance work that I do in a really odd backwards way. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a bit to explain. Okay. Uh, We got time. So in high school, again, parents were kind of odd hippies. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a family member named Cowboy who I still to this day don't actually, I don't know his legal name. You know, he's a cis man, but he is cowboy and cowboy only. I don't know what his name is. So this context, right? Uh, My dad was like, do you want to go take stilt walking classes? And I was like, yes, dad, I do want to go take stilt walking classes. So I went and got, we, this community theater company in Pennsylvania. So we had to drive like 40 minutes away, right. To go to this stilt walking class is free. Right. Uh, and then just kind of like, was like, Oh, like, this is really fun. I really like this. We did a few parades with them. We did like the people's climate March with them, where we walked on stilts as clouds and stuff. Right. Uh, and then it was like, Oh, they're doing a show, right? Like, Oh, let's be in stilts on the show. And then I was like, okay, I'm acting now. (laughs) How did this happen? Um, which is just kind of more like stilting for fun. Uh, and then when I was in college again, roundabout way i was like i'm gonna study art history probably critical race studies gender theory etc yeah and then i for at like an environmental science class met this theater group that came in because they were doing site-specific experimental theater that had to do with environmental disaster and i fell in love with their work immediately uh, and it was just the, like some of the most moving art that I have ever seen in my life. And I was like, can I volunteer at your show? Can I come on tour with you? 
And they're like, can you come on tour with us? What are you talking about? You're 19. Who are you? Uh, and then I get, and then I went on tour with them. Right. Uh, (laughs) so I like ended up volunteering with them. Um, and I went on tour with them, um, across the great lakes region of the U S um, which was incredible. And they are a like Grotowski based experiment. I promise this is going to get back to theater. I swear. Uh, (laughs) they're like, a experimental Grotowski based improv, like improvised movement theater. And they were doing a folk opera. So a lot of expression through movement instead of language. Okay. So that kickstarted my interest coming back to college after going on tour at 19, right? Uh, I was like, okay, I still want to work with them in the summers when I can. And I am still part of their company to this day. Um, Yeah. Um, Because they're also an all trans ensemble, uh, which is also very important to me. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, And that's how I kind of kickstarted my interest in dance. And I am of the mind, I became a dance major. I graduated with a degree in dance and uh, critical social thought, um, histories of dance, et cetera. Um, That dance is a kind of acting, right? And I find myself kind of at a crux of like dance is theater and theater is dance Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And I, and I feel a lot of the time unable to separate them for myself. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it, there is something to that, though, because it, it's mm-hmm. performance, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, once, even if it's just like how you're doing with the stream, like once the cameras mm-hmm. are on, we're still there performing, mm-hmm. um, you know? And I, I think of it similarly when I have to like role play for my home game of like, mm. okay, how do I just make this a conversation, right? Like embody mm-hmm. this character, but make it a conversation. Um, and I yeah. don't have acting experience either, but like, I, I think it's just, mm-hmm. it's cool to, to use those things around us and, and those experiences to kind of put it into play um, and make something beautiful out of it. And, you know, the whole cast is great, but since you're on the show, I'm going to talk about you. So like, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I definitely think it, it is wonderful to see, um, you know, how your character, like how you embody that character, because we're talking about like mm. a blood it's a blood hunter, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so it's already kind of this like edgy, like oh, yeah. evil <laughs> type of thing. And, and I think the way that you display your character, like they embody that perfectly. And you do such a great mm. job with those moments that are, you know, just like dealing with the normal conversation. And then you have like moments of like super intense, um, mm. you know, emotion because of the things that are going on around your character. And so, yeah, I mean, just congratulations i guess <laughs> thank <good>. you yeah. <laughs> thank you i feel yeah. <laughs> thank you so much um yeah 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 i i appreciate that a lot um and i think there's something to that too where an acting challenge i like to give myself is to when i'm thinking about like what oka would do like in transplanter for instance yeah. i am thinking like with my dancer brain in terms of like action like, like what is their body doing? Like, how do, how do you express, express emotion in the body? Right. Like if they're angry, is it like the whitening, like the white knuckles, like over their sword. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always find that to be a really delightful challenge and like interest when I am role-playing, especially with Oka, who is so near and dear to my heart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's been, uh, you know, that's a long time to, 
to live with a character, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what's special about TTRPGs, especially is because we create these characters. It doesn't take long for us to, you know, fall in love with them or, you know what I mean? Or, or just be like, I can't stop thinking about the things that this character is going to do. Yep. You know, I remember just in character creation and part of it is, you know, having that writer brain, but just being like, okay, Mm -hmm. I know exactly how this character's mom and dad met. And I know like, right. Yep. 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 They're an orphan now because they're always orphans. (laughs) And, you know, and and so, um, you know, and all that stuff and just like, and then it, and then expands, you know, and depending on what you're doing, but I think, yeah, it's definitely, you know, like I said, instantly becomes near and dear to your heart. And then you go over a year now. Um, mm-hmm. It's such a, yeah, such an important thing. I, you know, I talked to, to Connie <laughs> about it whenever um, this whole thing ends. Um, and I know that's going to be gonna weep. sad. Yeah, for sure. I think there'll be mm-hmm. a lot of people weeping that day. Because um, you guys mm-hmm. have a pretty strong fan base already. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's cool too to like do things that, touch other people in that way um yeah i am always amazed when someone like is is is, as interested as i am in my own character i feel like it is one of the most beautiful gifts that you can give somebody who creates right to like to be seen i think and i think that that's something that's really special to me too like especially about the fan base and other like guest you know stars that we've had come on is like Mm -hmm the way that we see each other and our each other's characters as a cast on yeah. this like wavelength of care. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's always really moving re- for me. Remind me, remind me how long had, did um, you guys know the cast before the stream started? So Erica uh, and I have been friends actually for a really long time. Erica okay. also was part of, uh, she joined after I did, um, but she was also part of that si- that self same theater company yeah, yeah. Um, that I had traveled with, uh, and she played in the first home game that uh, Connie ran when we moved here. Awesome. So, Con- so Connie, Erica, and I have known each other the longest, um, and Connie did some casting of like one shots uh, yeah. that they ran, um, and that's how we met Lyra and Max. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And so that was uh, just a couple sessions then before the game yeah. started yeah wow yeah um yeah i mean that's pretty cool though like <laughs> there's definitely um chemistry there and i think and i think mm-hmm. too that kind of blends well with like you know your characters are meeting for the first time for whatever mm-hmm. you know the special reason for you know to avoid spoilers for those who haven't listened to transplanter <laughs> what are you doing go listen to transplanter um please do yeah but no i think it's it's super cool to um, to see how that plays out, you know, and I think there's mm-hmm. something so important about doing a stream, right? A stream, especially over a podcast, because at least a podcast, like if you you're like pause, <laughs> yeah, you can pause, you can mm-hmm. deal with stuff. You can, um, you don't always have to be on, you can take a minute and like edit all mm-hmm. that to make it sound super clean. Um, mm-hmm. whereas a stream, it's like, people are watching you, you know, the whole time. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you really have to have that performative aspect to it. And I, obviously you guys have captured mm-hmm. that, but do, did you, did that change anything for you coming into the game? Like, cause you had already played home games. Did you, were you conscious of having to turn it on in that way? Or do you feel like you were always kind of performing? 
Definitely. Yes. I think like there, there is an aspect, I think when the camera goes on and like Twitch, we get the Twitch is live notification, right. That I'm like, I'm in my actor mode, right? Like I'm on stage again. Uh, Like definitely for sure. And I think there's like, you know, an extra amount of care that I put into thinking about what I want Opa to do, you know, that I'm like this, cause it isn't just a home game and I'm cool with that. I am really interested in APs like as performance and how do we like hone our skills as performers too, like to make the best, the best and most compelling and most deeply moving story that we can, like as an actor working, like, of course, in improvisation live with my other actors (laughs) who are also bringing that with my GM, who's also bringing that is a huge challenge. And there's like, it's a huge challenge, but also it's a huge joy right? When it's like a, like an amazing moment happens and you're like, Oh, holy shit. Oh my God. Did I just do that? I think I just did that. Right. Like, yeah, I definitely feel cognizant when the, when the stream goes on and I, yeah. and I do play in a different way, I think. Yeah. I think it, 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 there is something to that. I, I know about myself, and you've probably noticed about me as we've been talking, but like I fidget a lot while I'm on, mm. even just in these conversations, like, and this is not mm-hmm. video recorded. Um, <laughs> but I just like, I, I move a lot. Um, and mm-hmm. I remember I did, I've done a stream where I was interviewed and then a stream mm. that I was the DM for this PVP tournament a couple weeks ago. Mm. And I just remember being like so hyper-focused on my little screen oh, yeah, myself, box. just being like, okay, like you're touching your beard too much. You're moving around <laughs> a lot. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah. I it's, think there's uh definitely, definitely. Cause we were planning on doing Transplanter first as a podcast. Yeah. And the pandemic happened basically like right as we were going to start starting. Right. And we're like, oh, okay, we have to figure something else out. So there was that, that like adjustment period of being like, I'm on camera because I don't, I've never danced or acted for a camera before. Like, and that's a different kind of relationship to have with a camera. Mm -hmm. And I think like a year, a year after at this point, I feel a lot more comfortable. But I definitely also was like, oh, my, my camera, my headphones, my shirt. Do I look cute? (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and speaking of streams, do you um cuz I saw that you have your own stream where you draw and talk to people. Like is mm. that something that you're going to go back to? I feel like I know why you stopped, you know, a couple months ago, but like are you going to go back to that? I hope to. Yeah. I hope to. It's kind of, you know, it's it's definitely like a a like chronic illness, winter, mm-hmm. top surgery, overwhelmed with stuff and I just have to kind of like parse out like okay like I can draw but I want to draw in bed right yeah. like I can I, and I can draw and but it is something I want to get back to um because I really do like interfacing with people in that way like there there is something kind of special like for all it's many 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 qualms uh twitch there like I have made a lot of really beautiful friendships with people who would just want to like come in and talk to me while I'm drawing and that is a really cool relationship to foster. And I feel now because I haven't streamed in like weeks and then I did one and then it was like weeks again after that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, where I like I miss I find myself like actually missing those people and those conversations because yeah. I'm like not not 
live, I guess, in that way. And while it is still like there are some aspects of that, like still being like a performance and I'm not comfortable truly the way I am if I'm just like in the zone and drawing that I'd like there is there's a lot of it that I miss and I hope that I'm like thinking about like spring as like a time to kind of or rather I'm thinking of winter as my like cocooning you know like <laughs> yeah. hibernation phase and just like I can bloom again in spring and start like sowing the seeds of like growing my own stream in that way still yeah no that's awesome I think you know obviously self-care is so important anyway mm-hmm. so you know, it's good to, to, that you recognize that and, and are taking care of yourself. Um, but yeah, I think it, it is, there is something about it that to me, um, it just seems so fun. Like that's a lot of times, mm-hmm. like I was thinking about this today. I was like, honestly, a lot of times I would love to do these and just draw <laughs> at the same yeah. time. Yeah, you so, should. Like, <laughs> I would be super distracted. You should. I'll be in Listen, yeah. I can never actually finish a drawing if I'm streaming on Twitch. It doesn't actually happen. You have to do it when you're like not actually like hoping yeah. to get something done. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, um, but yeah, you have that. And then uh, my friend uh, Zach from Media Roleplay, um, they mm. they have done a couple streams where they're drawing too and just kind of talking. And it's mm-hmm. I think they have their camera focused on like just the image that they're drawing. Oh, nice. Um, which I, you know, I could probably do something to like just set because i don't have a i don't do digital art at all i don't have the setup mm. for it but like i just set up the camera over my pencil and paper um but yeah awesome. i you know i always like look at my favorite times of hanging out with people have always been um i can't remember their name they use it for kids but it's like co-play or whatever when it's like oh yeah yeah my thing but, like body doubling almost is that what it's called i can't remember yeah but essentially like i'm gonna do yeah. my thing here next to you doing your thing yeah. And, and that's hanging out, you know? Yep. It's <laughs> the best actually. It's like yeah. the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so to me, like that just seems, um, like a nice, comfortable thing, but I don't know. I don't know. I have mm-hmm. three kids, so who knows when I'll have time to do it. <laughs> It's just, it's just Listen, dream, dream talking. About. I will be, I will be in the chat. I will be there. Yeah. I will be ready. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things like I would, yeah, if I ever decide to, I will for sure let you know. Um, yeah, but I do. do. Yeah. I'm looking forward because I just found out about it today as I was kind of like, I always mm. like to see like what other things so I can, you know, know what else to talk about. And um, I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's super cool to just kind of mix it up and get around to that stuff. Um, you, did you teach yourself the digital art then? I did. Dang. I did. Yeah. Um, and it was, again, like, I, I feel like I'm still teaching myself insofar as I'll be like, oh my God, clipping mask. Why didn't anyone tell me about this? Clipping mask, gradient tool, Gaussian blur. What? Um, we're just like, I've just been doing this all by myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which can be, I think, like frustrating and exciting in equal measure where I, when I like learn something. Right. Um, but I have, I've almost been, I've been drawing for almost two years now. Yeah. Uh, almost like officially like November, uh, like two years ago, I got yeah. my iPad and my pencil and it has been really amazing to come back to something that I like haven't done since I was like 12 in a mm-hmm. committed way and be yeah. like, okay, it's like time to grow and time to grow just because I want to and it is good for me, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I love the the design of 
the PCs for Transplaner too. Um, you know, for sure. Like, I think, I think what I really love about it is like, it's beautiful and of course, but it's also like, it doesn't, it's not your Eurocentric mm. armored, you know, TTRPG. Like it's like, they, mm-hmm. they have a distinct um, fashion, I guess, or, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like, I like it. I dig it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I enjoy that part of it. And that, I think it's really cool that, uh, you, you know, did you come up with all of the character designs or was that like conversations with the cast or how was that? Obviously for it was, Oka, yeah, but. Mm-hmm. For Oka uh, I just designed them. I was like, you know what would be fun if Awesomear looked a little bit weird, right? Uh, yeah, let's give them two pupils in each eye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was just it. really fun. Um, yeah. But for the other cast members, everyone came with their own, uh, I guess, like a variety or a spectrum of like how clear of an image they had of their characters. And I would say that every other cast member had like a pretty strong vision mm-hmm. uh, insofar as like be like, OK, like this person looks like this, wears these kind of things. But yeah. it definitely was like a back and forth conversation where it's like, oh, like Manaya is from Uhanahi. Like I can design her to be like also like influenced by like Polynesian cultures as well as having this like, you know, like uh, a black American hairstyle, I would say, yeah. you know, like yeah. to kind of like uh, bring those things back and forth with Lyra, you know, and like develop. And even like as the arcs have developed, like at, like adding the things that our characters get, right? Like the like scar on the cheek from that one battle, you know, yeah. like or like the earrings that change because we got a magical item or like as um, I know it's been really important for Lyra that Manaya has a different uh, hairstyle for every yeah. arc. Yeah. Um, and that has been really great. And even like the, you know, like Oka's hair like grows out for a little while until they like cut it again. Right. And like have it like just like being able to follow those through lines in the art feels really special to me. Yeah. And like I do. Uh, it is also like really important to me that I'm honoring like the vision of each character. And also like this incredible homebrew world that Connie has made for us that is like, as you say, it is not rooted in like any Eurocentric culture. It is like rooted in fantasy and like API mythologies. And like that feels very important to me to like marry those two concepts together in the art that I make. No, that's definitely beautiful. Have you, um, have you guys received fan art for the show? We have. We have an amazing artist community uh, of folks who make fan art. We have like a fan art reel during our streams uh, um, where we like play, like play the fan art. And it's yeah. a, when I get fan art of Oka, I save it to my phone immediately. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's amazing. It's really nice to see people's like interpretations. Right. Like we, yeah, there yeah. are some I will shout out the incredible fan artists. Right. Like who have just done so much i literally have a wall of fan art like to my right it's a it's a little embarrassing it's my it's my secret nerd oka shrine um (laughs) yeah that's so cool though i mean i think that's like such an amazing thing to um to be able to inspire somebody to create something like that um there's been a few times Mm -hmm. myself um but i'm i you know, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way. I, I just get super insecure about my artwork. So, like, if it's not, like, good enough to, like, send it to somebody, mm-hmm. like, I'll still have done it. But I'm like, I need to tinker with this forever until I like it. Um, but, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I super feel that. 
it's it's i mean it's hard to be like yeah. to you know i especially feel myself doing that too as someone who feels like i'm behind the curve i guess of like art and like knowing how to do art yeah. you know that i'm like oh, i like do I really even get to call myself a digital artist? Like I've only been doing, like, you know, I've only been doing this for a year. I've only been doing this for two years. Like I still, like, I still don't know a lot of things about anatomy. I don't have the formal training. I don't have like this, that, and the other thing, but I, it does feel, you know, important to me that I claim my space as yeah. like a, a budding artist. And it's like, no, this is maybe not totally right, but you know what? It's mine, right? Yeah. And like every time I make something, I want to make something that I feel like more and more proud of too. Yeah. And also to like let myself, something that feels important to me too is in this vein of like making art as something that I am taking back from my childhood as just a joyful experience for myself is also to just like let go of this idea that I cannot succeed at art, Yeah. right? For sure. That like art actually is something that is about the experience of making it. And if it like, but I struggle with it so much, right? Like I can tell myself that for days and days and days, but then still, <laughs> sometimes I'm still, I have hundreds of sketches that I've never shown anyone because I'm like, I hate this, yeah. you know? So I, I feel both things and I feel the struggle of both things. No. Yeah. I totally get it. I mean, it's, you know, it is one of those things. And I think that a lot of it comes down to, what is nurtured, right? Um, mm. And for sure, my mom always nurtured me as a kid in terms of drawing and writing and stuff. But I think to, um, you know, I think the experiences that we have that are negative are more impactful sometimes than the experiences that we have are positive, right? It's one yes. Says, like, oh, this, definitely. This thing is shit. And then it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm not good after all, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, right. Yeah. And also, and like, I mean, what a horrible thing to say, of course, yeah, you know, like, sure. yeah, yeah, but people are terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think it's just, it's one of those things like, there is that emotional maturity that we talked about too. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, just having those positive affirmations, it, it is important to like, really tell yourself, you know, myself, like to do this show to go back mm. and tell 13-year-old kid me, like, hey, one day you're going to talk to strangers mm -hmm. for an hour and you're going to do it well enough that people will enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. oh, that just 13-year-old yeah, me would have an anxiety yeah. attack. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same. You know, so, but it's like, you know, we develop these these coping skills and, and these masks sometimes to kind of get through mm. some of this stuff. Um, and then hopefully get to the point where we can learn to get around it. You know, for sure. That's like, I legitimately learned how to behave and act in a quote unquote normal way from just reading books, just because I just was not going to get it in a normal situation. Um, mm -hmm. you know, especially as when kids are so fucking terrible to each other that like, yep. if yeah. you're not quote unquote normal, then they're just going to treat you like shit anyway. So, yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a wild thing, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I don't know. It's nice now that we can have this, the opportunity to have community like this, where we can kind of do a little bit more to control who's, who's operating in it and, mm -hmm. and 
who we deal with on a normal basis. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, uh, you know, one other thing I want to talk about, like in terms of you and um, you talked about Oka being like very close to your heart. Like, do you feel like there has been any sort of um, like character bleed, whether Oka changing something in your life positive or not, or vice versa, like the changes that you've gone through in your life have affected how Oka has been played. Both and definitely. Yeah. Um, I, something that feels important to me, I think just for myself and it almost never really even has to come up in game, but something important to me when I'm making characters is to think about like, to, to give them struggles that I struggle with. Right. Because Oka is a total asshole is, you know, like they're really, really intense. They're really edgy. Right. Like they're really um, they're very troubled. They have a really, really contested relationship with with themselves. Yeah. Right. Um, And also, you know, like there is a level two of like I am a sober person and I haven't always been a sober person. I've struggled with addiction for like a lot of my life and I'm very young. Um, and Oka also like, I intentionally also gave them that struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's important to me when I'm making characters that there are parts of those characters that I find unlovable about myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I, cause when I get to this point, right. Of like being so in love with this character, right. Like I care about them so, so much it helps me facilitate care for myself in the same way, right? Like if I can love this unlovable person, right? Like if I can love and deeply cherish and see all the complexities of this very, very broken character Mm -hmm. who is broken, you know, on purpose, right? Then I can also love the things about myself that I feel are broken too. And that has always been really important for me. And yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, obviously having Connie there, I'm sure helps mm-hmm. a lot. Um, you know, like I said, just with their DM style alone, but obviously mm-hmm. uh, your, your personal relationship with them. And, um, but yeah, I think it's so nice to have these situations around a table and to, to know the person on the other end who's controlling the game, like mm-hmm. is a person you can trust and is going to take care of you. Um, yeah. And, and nurture those things and, and, you know, and help kind of work through some of that stuff and, and make it, you know, to the situation where it's like, it's okay that this is bad right now. Cause you know, we can figure out how to make it better, um, through game yeah. and, and kind of work through that stuff. So that's super cool. It's, it's, it's nice that, um, yeah, that, that can happen. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. back to our, our point before, you know, it's that's another thing that people can find in these stories and relate to and, yeah. and take with them, you know, if it's something that they're working on their own. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I know for sure when it comes to media in general and certain times in TTRPGs, like mm-hmm. watching a show or listening to a show, I'm like, oh, wow, that was uh, – I was not expecting to deal with that right now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> here we are dealing with that yeah. right now. That happens to me yeah. every time I watch The Good Doctor, by the way, every episode. 
Oh, oh no. <laughs> Every, I oh haven't my. watched that, but I am kind of afraid to watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. Ooh, oh yeah. Are you familiar with the premise of the show? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So every, like literally every episode, I'm like, uh, all right, I'm wiping my face for the people who are listening, which is everybody. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those shows. It's mm-hmm. the only show my wife and I really will watch together other than like Shit's mm-hmm. Creek. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, Shit's Creek's so good. Um, so good. But. Yeah, it's just one of those things, like, at the end of every episode, we're both like, um, so we should probably watch something happy now, because that's yep. what we have to do. <laughs> yeah, um. yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, you bring up such a such an amazing point, too, that I think, like, I honestly am in the camp of, like, tabletop games specifically, APs, have the potential to be some of the most deeply moving stories in any piece of media ever, yeah. right? Because it is coming directly through a person mm-hmm. uh, in this in this really vulnerable way, I think, um, yeah. in this very embodied way. It's it's even somehow different from like somebody playing like voiceover lines for a character, you know, mm-hmm. like that you're like that you are the character in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, and it does become this kind of like really beautiful, I, I think, like s- sacred relationship that allows you, I think, if you're at the right table if you've built up that level of trust if you are all on the same page and if you're all interested in telling a deeply moving compelling story that you are really you you're given so much access you know yeah. you're giving so much emotional access like to your fellow players to the audience um and that is what is really moving about doing APs for me and like I've done all these different kinds of theater and dance experimental this that and the other thing right that like but this is actually the mode of st- storytelling that resonates in the clearest way when I'm performing that I can like really tell a story. And I, again, just need to like thank Connie for like facilitating that Mm -hmm. and like coming, you know, even like session zero coming to us with like, this is going to be a super emotional, like deeply moving story. Right. And that this, you know, we're playing a, technically we're playing a game, but we're also like more so telling a story and like the story always the story really always comes before mechanics yeah for sure and i think and i feel really that that's how i like to play you know yeah and because like how i like to play i say as but like (laughs) that's how i like to perform you know yeah no yeah (laughs) without getting into too many spoilers i do remember a moment when in arc one when one of the players decided they were going to roll something before Connie said they could. And Connie was <laughs> they were so, <laughs> I remember I was, I actually edited that podcast episode and I do remember being like, Oh boy. <laughs> like, wow. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Okay. Connie's pretty serious about this. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I do think it's important. I, I've had the same, mm-hmm. you know, conversation and my games, you know, uh, aren't recorded. I'm going to do so, a one shot. Mm-hmm. I'm actually recording a one shot with some other podcasters on Sunday. Hey. But, um, and I'm super excited about it. But, you know, that's one thing that I talked about with them. And one thing I talked mm-hmm. about with my players in our home game is like, if your character is set up a certain way and it doesn't make sense, like, I don't want you to roll for every little thing. You know what I mean? Because I'm mm-hmm. just, even in a home game, that bogs it down, right? Yeah. Like, let's just tell some, like, t- tell a fun story. Um, and I think, D and D and we play Pathfinder 2E, but they mm-hmm. they really root themselves on a lot of those rules. 
um, with mm-hmm. some flexibility. Um, and so as I kind of dig into the TTRPG world now, like games that rely more on storytelling, like uh, yeah. powered by the PBTA. Yeah. Yep. Um, I have mask and I, I just want to play that game so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Listen, yeah, Connie so. is a great masks GM. I bet I bet we could play you if you want to play masks with Connie, I'll 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 make the group chat. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna cry. So yes. The answer is yes. Uh one hundred percent. Uh, I would love to do that. Um, this is the yeah. this is the the first announcement on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, you know that that really it really is an inspiring way to play the game. I think because it is. It's like mm-hmm. you know you read even the descriptions in that game, and it's like all right, you walk into a room, there's 20 minions or whatever, and yeah, you're like, okay, yeah, I just want to run through them. Cool, and we describe how awesome you just whoop all these people like you don't have to roll for that shit now it's yep. like okay i'm now i'm fighting the boss like now okay there's a chance you could have some trouble mm-hmm. with this so now we're gonna make mm-hmm. a roll and it's still narrative after that um mm-hmm. and i think that that's so cool and obviously the way that you guys play and the way that uh Connie mm-hmm. DMs it like there's a very narrative aspects to transplaner i don't want to take that mm-hmm. away from from the show at all um mm-hmm. you know but it is exciting to have those other games around as well yeah yeah absolutely what, what are some other uh games that you enjoy uh i've recently just started playing uh an invisible sun campaign on mm-hmm. friends who roll dice's channel nice. actually uh and that system is really really interesting uh insofar as it it marries i think in a really interesting way mechanics because it's hi- actually very highly mechanical but all of them have to do with story and the, I guess the way that it is intentionally GM'd is for like player focused um, storylines. Okay. That like uh, the, the like way that you create the world together is all based on like who's at the table mm-hmm. and the GM is really just kind of like, str- like just holding the container for the players to tell their own story in. Yeah. So that's been a really interesting system to get to learn. Um, I love PBTA games. My favorite, honestly, my favorite thing to do is play Frankenstein with <laughs> PBTA games. Yeah. Uh, insofar as Connie and I play a lot of home games together because, uh, you know, we, we are home for the pandemic, uh, and we are, to, we are in the same house. Yeah. So we play a lot of home games together. Uh, and my favorite thing to do is like to make a D and D five E character sheet. And then also to make like to pull masks rules and yeah. uh like sometimes urban depending like we've also done like urban shadows yeah. and then like this other one which is uh the the, the abbreviation is scup it's like the sword some i would have to look it up i do not remember what uh what it is which, but it's another pbta pbta hack uh-huh. and then to just pl- play with all of them and to be like okay like Connie will be like, okay, roll perception. And then it'll be like, okay, roll to like mislead, distract or trick, which is a like masks thing. And it's really just, it's fun. It's like whatever suits the moment. Um, So I love to, (laughs) I love to take beautiful games from beautiful people doing beautiful things and completely destroy them on my own. I love to, I love to look at my mechanics and say, how can I break this? Um, But in a a way that with, with love, I think. It is how which I approach blood hunting with Oka. <laughs> which now is becoming more clear how we got to uh, God Killer. 
Oh yeah. Oh so, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So the, for those I mean, who haven't listened yeah. to my episode with Connie, shame on you again. Um, True. But yeah, <laughs> the the game God Killers being made uh, by them, and uh, it sounds super exciting. And it was mm-hmm. inspired by you, so it's very cool. Not to be gay, but yes, it was. <laughs> Uh, it's because I am, ex- Connie was like, it's like you as a player love to break rules. So I'm mm-hmm. going to make a system that's about breaking rules. Yeah. Um, so it. it is my favorite thing to do. I am a menace. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, very cool. I think that's where uh, we will end the recording, but please everybody go listen to Transplaner. Watch them on Saturdays at what time, C? At 3 p.m. U.S. Central Time every Saturday. Yeah, check it out. Um, It's an amazing show, amazing cast, amazing DM, um, doing a lot of important things for the community. So I'm super excited. Yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) It was amazing. Thank you for sharing your story. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate everything. I think this is super beautiful. Thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure to be on. And it was really, really amazing talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for what you do also for this space. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show. And if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. Thanks.